find yourself awash in the sea of our tunes. Badusai the Manslayer, he's a legend. Welcome everyone to Rhythm Encounter 25, our official quarter century. The podcast is now almost as old as I will be in 10 years. All right, well, Mike, when you edit this, add some crickets in. <laughs> Joining me today is my co-host. That's me. I'm, well, I'm older than 25, so yeah. Shh, you don't have to tell anyone. Just lie like I, I did. Like, I like to be honest. Besides, 30 is the new 20 is what I've been told. Anyway, I'm Caitlin Argeros. Link is there all on the boards. Also joining me today, well, me, us, is the perennial co-co-host, who at some point we should just upgrade you to a co-host, but then we would need to come up with a nickname for the next person who is also with us today, question mark. <gasps> no, I'm okay with my co-co-host title. I think I've finally grown into it. I'm used to it now. Yeah, yeah I was, I, I was, it was mostly lip service. I'm never taking that title away from you. Oh, okay. Our yeah. chocolatey cocoa host. Yes. Yes. So What's I'm, your name? His name is... I'm Mike Salvato, Mike on the boards. And finally, an all-new, all-exciting superstar guest from the frigid Northlands. Of Canada, Neverland. Ne- never- yeah, not the other frigid north that you're thinking of. Yeah, not not the Antarctic. That's different. That's a different place. That place is warmer than Canada. Oh, I love Canada. I'm just taking it back. Mm-hmm. What's your name? Who are you? Hi, everybody. I am your not-so-special special guest, Stephanie Sabidlo. I am Dice on the Forum. And for those of you tuning in on social media, I am one of the people on there. So it's nice to talk to you. Yes. It is nice to have you here as well. We've, we've evened out the gender balance here, too. So now mm-hmm. there's... Us yeah. versus them. We can do boys versus girls now. Oh, a special sexy podcast, if yes. I do say so myself. I'm going to use my sexy voice the whole time. All right. Oh, tonight, we are so PC tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Final boss themes. <laughs> for the couple with a very hardcore playlist for while they're making out. Find yourself awash in the sea of our tunes. Anyway, <laughs> Stephanie, thank you for joining us. And... You do awesome work on social media, and I'm super glad you're with us at the site now, too, because now RPG Fan actually talks to people. That's fun. <laughs> I agree. I love doing it. Thank you. <laughs> I actually, like, no joke, and I, this is perhaps not the purvey of the music show, but I'm going to just I'm gonna feed your ego here to embarrass you. But, <gasps> yeah, like, I actually read our social media pages now, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, what are you <laughs> playing this weekend? I'm like, this is what I'm playing. Wait, this is my website. This is what I'm playing. Oh, please post. Nobody knows. Nobody knows who you are. <laughs> oh, I, I absolutely do. <laughs> oh, people know him. Mm-hmm. Mm. He's very All important. 20 fans around the world. <laughs> well, I guess I'm sorry. <laughs> turned it around on me. That was, that was adept. All right. Well, anyway, people are here to listen to music. People, as you may know, at this point, we are in the third of our trilogy of battle theme extravaganza, I said, without plural and singular agreement. But yes, we are doing final boss themes today. This is a long-awaited topic that I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but we really did a three-episode series on battle boss and final boss themes just so that way we could include a few things and use the titles that we've came up with. That's that's legitimately the only reason it happened. And I don't I don't want you to think we had a better plan. It was they just were very just, good titles too. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Welcome on the show anytime. But before we do that. 
We're going to do a couple recent tracks. Today, since we have made you wait, well, we haven't really made you wait, but for us, we had to wait a while to record this. Uh, this is a supersized episode. There's tons of music in it and a new guest and all kinds of cool stuff. But first, recent tracks, which Mike picked, so I'm going to make Mike introduce them. Except for the last one, which I will do. Yeah, please do the last one, because I can't. Alright, so there's been a lot of like really interesting um, albums that came out. Did these all come out in October? Uh, the first one came out uh, in late September, I believe. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> Thank you. That's our other co-host. Yeah, that was Chuck. Yeah. But anyways, yes. Yeah. So it came out in September, and then the second one came out in October. Yeah, just this fall, there's been so many really interesting albums, but uh, the first one, we have the long, how long have we been waiting for this? The, the Chrono uh, Trigger. Years. 15 years. Yeah. The Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, a range album, which has a real title, but I can't pronounce it, so I'm just going to call it that. Steven! Ruka Kanata no Tokie. It's to the brink of time, basically. Oh, thank you. But it's much better than brink of time. Okay, so from the Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, Arrange album, we have Corridors of Time. Woo! Woo! After that, we have the also long-awaited, I think, or was this was this a new thing? Well, it was so long-awaited that I didn't even know we were awaiting it. Oh. But now that it's here, I'm super happy it is. Okay. I picked right. this one, but you can introduce it because I'm making you do that. Okay. So we also got an, a new Arrange album for Legend of Mana, and Steven Woo! picked. What you pick? I picked Pulpota Harbor because that song is awesome, and I have no further reasons. I can't argue Good. that, then. I agree. <laughs> I don't think very... we need any more reasons than that. Yeah, correct. That, that was it, a very Ron Swanson. Original. Yeah, well, it was awesome in the original, and it's awesome in this arrangement, so yes. that's why it is here. Yeah. Then, again, very recently, the Materia album came out for Final Fantasy VII, which was, I still can't believe they did this, because I think someone mentioned... This group of musicians got together back in June and said, hey, we should do a Final Fantasy VII album. And then a few months later, we have this, what, 90, 80, 90 track album. 40, or it's something like, I think it was like 70 odd musicians, maybe even more, four discs. Yeah, it's huge. So and great. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good songs on there. I just picked Sid's theme because I really like Sid's theme. I think there's a few of them, but. Like all sane people. Yeah, and then the last one Stephen can introduce because I don't have an English name for this track. So Mike picked this track. It's from a soundtrack that's actually quite solid, and the, I think the game just got announced for a uh, localized release too. But it's uh, Yoda no Nai Kuni, which is like uh, without the kanji, it looks like it's Nation without Night. But the track is Hitatsu no Wari mo Mukaite, which is like meet one end or meet a single end or something. I don't know exactly how they would translate. It. I don't know anything about the game, but the song is cool. And that's why Mike picked it. So, good picking, Mike. Yeah, good picking, Mike. So, not finding the lame tracks for us to listen to. Well, we haven't gotten into the main show yet, but. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, before we talk further, let's go ahead and take a listen to Pulpota Harbor, Corridors of Time, Sid's theme, and Hitotsu no Wari o Mukaete. Thank you. 
I'd leave it behind If I could just change her mind I can't believe The things that you were telling me That something deep inside makes me feel this really isn't
I have not yet had a chance to review the Legend of Mana Promise album. Um, I could just re review one word, get it. That's two words. Uh, but it's awesome. Um, it's it's a really sort of jazzy album, which I think really fits both the visual and the sort of oral aesthetic of Legend of Mana. But also, I think it's very cohesive. It doesn't feel like they just sort of picked a couple of styles and just arranged willy-nilly. Like, the whole album, to me, feels like a cohesive unit. And I really like that. Um, in particular, Popota Harbor is an awesome song in the original. All I wrote was, I adore the piano performance, squee, uh, for this song. <laughs> Because that's basically how I feel about it. Because, you know, it's not just that the original is great. Because the original, you know, you have the PS1 synth or whatever, and it sounded good there. But here, I think it's uh, Takuro Iga that was the pianist. And just, there's a lot of heart in the way they're sort of, he sort of dances along the notes. It's just, ooh, I love it. That's all I got. I wrote down that it was, yeah, Hi Truck, our, <laughs> our, our fifth host of the evening i wrote down that it was it felt playful to me so and dancing like you said it actually kind of really captures the the quality of the playfulness because the way the piano is just lilting and there's these great um note trains where it just goes up the scale and it's really pretty so uh there's a nice real sense of fun and levity mm -hmm. with this track yeah and it's it's Again, it's sort of, it's it's light, but it's not shallow. I think what I really like is, uh, you know, sometimes when you listen to a game soundtrack, you know, it sounds completely different when you have the game in mind. So whenever I hear Paul Pota Harbor, I always think of that first story you get when you go there, and it's like a ghost story. You're kind of tracking a ghost. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, so I always hear this kind of, like, whimsical, kind of spirited away kind of sound on top of the very beachy vibe, you know, kind of drunken sailor vibe. <laughs> drunken sailor vibe. He's, With a ghost story twist. <laughs> he's stealing that for future reference. Like a drunken sailor and he's like, Arr, I be seeing the ghost matey and he's coming for me booty. Exactly. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> so yeah, I always think of the first story you hear when you get to there in Legend of Mana and I love it. I think it's a great game. I think it looks beautiful and I think the sound is just perfect for it. Yes. <laughs> That's me. Michael. What? Michael. Michael. Your thoughts, please. I hate going last because everyone already said everything I was going to say. <laughs> say it again, Mike. And, and, so and so better. Like I like it a lot. I love the. I listen to the original, like to compare, because I don't know why. It doesn't really matter how it compares, I guess, but I think this one, I don't know, it's more crisp, if that's a good word for it. I think Shimomura, sorry, go on. Go ahead. I, I think Shimomura is really good at making arranged albums, like without kind of, you know, losing the kind of good spirit that the the original had, you know? Because, like, I find uh, some some arranged tracks are kind of like, yeah, it's pretty good, or that's a pretty good alternate take. I find Shimomura usually nails it. That's almost exactly what I was going to say. I, I agree with that, because I don't mind tracks that arrange or remixes that try a different style. But Shimomura, I think, has a really good understanding of how to take the original song and whether she's going to try something new with it or sort of accentuate its existing qualities. She's mm -hmm. generally quite successful at that. I know everyone hates the karaoke megalomania from Live Alive, but I liked it. Uh, but the arrangement of the song, minus the vocals, if you don't like that part, is quite good. I'm not, I, I don't know if she did the piano arrangement for this one, but she supervised and produced the album, and it's just... it's. Like I was saying before, it's just very, very coherent and it fits well. And 
you know, there's the piano performance itself. It's like, you know, they're just dancing across the keys. And like, <laughs> I, I can almost like I've been listening to it a lot while I've been working lately. And like every time this song comes on, I'm like sitting there like tapping loudly on the desk and <laughs> don't even care. It's just it's too good. You're kind of going up and down the keyboard as well. Just na -na -na. I'm trying to. I'm just pretending I can still play the piano. I'm probably looking at you like, what the hell is that idiot doing? <laughs> that's how things are normally. That's a pre-existing condition, so. Mm. And then, he, then he looks at that's the That's what I do all the time. Go ahead. I was going to say, when I'm listening to music, when I work out, um, or when I'm driving, I usually try to mimic, you know, like, if it's a piano, I will move my finger. I, not that I am really good at, you know, fingering. I never learn proper <laughs> technique. <sighs> that is my joke, all right? Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that I, no. Hey, sorry. That is actually the term for when you're learning how no, to yep. finger proper fingering anyway. is an important thing to learn. Yes, and I, ne I never learned proper technique, but I, I, you know, played piano on my own for a while, so I try to mimic like the movements, and I usually screw it up because I didn't learn proper technique. But when you hear a good piece of music and you're really into it, it's like it's kind of hard not to like pretend you're jamming out. Brings out your like, inner performer. Yeah. It makes you go through a corridor of time. Boo. Wow. Such segue. Thank you. Thank you. Before I listened to the Chrono Cross slash Trigger Arrange album, I admit I was a little worried because I liked all of the credentials behind it. But when they released the samples, I was a little worried because it was very vocal heavy. And again, I don't have any problem with vocals and in fact, quite like vocals. But I was concerned that the album was going to be sort of samey and just way too many like top 20 hits. Because uh, that's what this, that's really to me what the samples made it sound like. Um, and not that that's uh, an inherently bad thing, but it was not what I wanted. But I think out of context was the major problem with that is that those the samples were taken out of their context because the vocal performances are awesome. Laura Shigihara is phenomenally talented and as a whole, the album is fantastic. I really like it. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I was a little disappointed with its brevity and the fact that two of the tracks are sort of songs that have already existed in some form uh, for a while. Mm -hmm. But everything on there is great. And this one in particular, you know, I am beyond certain that the internet reception to this without looking is, why they add vocals? But I think the vocals really accentuate the tune. And this is a song that has been remixed a billion times. This is the ice cap zone of Chrono Trigger. So it's not like we haven't heard 4,000 remixes that just do this song orchestrally or do this song with a piano. So I really, really think that the usage of vocals here helps it stand out, and using Lara Shigihara as the vocalist was tops. Definitely. Yeah, she has uh, is a really beautiful quality to her voice. It's it's very, it's very clear. There's kind of a, a youthfulness to it um, that kind of fits the, I don't know, the wistfulness to me of the track. Not to sound cheesy, but very pure almost, you know, just a nice clean sound. Yeah, yeah, which really works with the album as a whole, but also with this track in particular. Personally, I, I actually, I, I like it when tracks are remixed using vocals. Um, it's usually an interesting way, especially because if it's a track that didn't have vocals in the first place, if they're singing lyrics, that adds a whole another layer to the remix is what do they choose to have the lyrics say. I remember like, um, I think we were talking about this off the air, but the Final Fantasy IX uh, OC remix album, I remember some of my favorite tracks on that album were the ones that got remixed with vocal themes, with, with lyrics, because it was just such a different experience to hear it being sung and to hear their choice of, of words. 
to express, you know, what the track is trying to say, so. To be on and off topic for a second, I love the uh, OC remix, the vocals uh, of both Radical Dreamers and the Robots and Sorry Robo song. If you guys have heard them, they're really great. Yes, those are great. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not, I know of at least one in particular, but I'm not sure if it's the one where, the same one, but yes. Although Robo's theme in general is great. Yeah, you could do anything to it, it'll still be pretty good. I, th- I think vocals are well suited to that song, though, because I feel like we all made up vocals for it. <laughs> Actually, in my heart, every song from Chrono Trigger, if someone adds vocals, I'm just like, why aren't these just the Gato lyrics? Then get 15 silver points. That sort of thing. I'm glad we worked together on that one. Yeah, that was good. That went well. We could probably arrange something. We should do a film together. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> oh my, yes. Speaking of, uh, speaking of arrangement albums, we had a lot of arrangement albums today. Sid's theme from Materia. Materia is great. I actually, you know, not that I don't like the OC Remix Final Fantasy IX album, but to me, it sort of, it falls into, I really appreciate the artistic talent that goes into making a lot of OC Remix's albums, but because they're attempting to do such a wide variety of styles, which is, again, I think a good goal, uh, it doesn't make everything super listenable, and I found that the FF9 album had just a little too much metal for me. You get some musical whiplash going on, almost. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, it's it feels like I'm listening to a collection of OC remixes, which is what it is, rather than a coherent album um, mm-hmm. with one guiding aesthetic, or like, you know, not that Materia is any different, it's a lot of styles, too. Um, but to me, Materia just came together a little better. Um, yeah. See, and, I have the opposite reaction. But. In the in the case of Sid's theme, we can we'll we'll get back to that. Um, in the case of Sid's theme, I just I thought the original material is strong. Sid's theme is great. You know, it's it's very emotional and it always punches you in the gut and you're sending a dream into space. And Sid has a cool story. I found Sid's story to be quite cool. And this version just mixes a really great guitar performance with synth, and that to me captures the sort of retro modern nostalgia sound that final fantasy 7 had even when it came out it, 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 it said yeah it it, it it seven had a very nostalgic sort of s- melancholy retro sound with its synth but also was trying to create this sort of modern paradigm with its music with like all the, the like rufus's welcoming ceremony and the battle themes so i think this does a great job of sort of maintaining the aesthetic of the original. I always found Sid's theme never really suited his character himself, (laughs) but I think it's too good that I never even pay attention to that, and I just think it totally works in the context of the game. I love it. He just wants you to sit down and drink goddamn tea. Exactly. And go into space. Or as the guy from Kingdom Hearts, Sid, would say, I gotta sit down and drink goddamn tea. (laughs) I don't like Sid's voice in Kingdom Hearts. No, oh yeah, it's terrible. Not what you picture. You need like a Dennis Leary type for that. <laughs> yeah, just sit down and drink your goddamn tea. Yeah. Oh, can you can you imagine Sid singing the asshole song? <laughs> yes. yes I can. <laughs> As it smokes and yells at Sheba or Shira. Sheba. Sid's an ass. But he's a lovable ass. Yes, he's a lovable a, ass. Crotchety old man who gave up his dreams for someone he cares about. So I'm cool with that. Oh. All right, and what was the last one? Oh, sorry, no, Mike, the last guy. Am I the last guy? You're bringing up the rear again. What you got? Mike wants to be the guy. Oh, I do want to be the guy. I, you know, I never thought about that. I never thought about how it doesn't 
it's a very kind of introspective kind of song and then Sid's like yeah drink your tea see yeah, no, I, 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 I mean he has that side of him he just doesn't really like to show it well, I actually, that's actually why I like the theme so much, yeah. like for Sid, Sid's theme, and not that this is not specific to the arrangement, but it's that I, you know, Final Fantasy VII has sort of retroactively become the one that everyone is like, it's dumb and stupid and broken and like, you know, how the internet does these things. We work in waves. And like, <laughs> Sid is a really interesting character because again, he's this dude who like is like, was single mindedly driven by this like engineering dream he had and like his like, career goals and then he like gave up his his goal to save this person he cares about and he's like sort of he cares about that person but he's sort of pissed about it like yeah as a real person would be pissed it's like yeah i could have went to space mm-hmm. yeah he's he's really good between both realms of being pissed and kind of caring yeah and that's why i think this <laughs> well because that's a really human sort of thing to have to do is it's like you do have to make it's like my dad <laughs> yeah <laughs> caring dad but pissed the all the time uh-oh. Yeah. There's a story there. He does have a cigarette in his mouth like all the time, so there you go. Oh, okay. Maybe he's does he Does he also carry a lance around to, like, smite enemies with? I think in a past life, yes. Why does a man who is clearly an engineer and a pilot carry Where, a yeah. spear <laughs> in the game? Like, why does Sid not have a gun to shoot people with? Because uh, Vincent did that and he did it horribly, so let him have it. What? Ooh, getting... I'm sorry. Vems. Fighting words. <laughs> words. We better move on to the next song or they're going to fight. Uh, Cat fight. No. I still like you, Caitlin. <laughs> I still oh. like you, too. <gasps> Isn't it great when girls get together? <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so when I... guys get together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could say so much right here and it's all bad. Um, <laughs> it's, and it's all filth. Uh, the good news is I accidentally listened to Pulpota Harbor twice, so I know nothing about the next track, so Mike, fill in. Are you fired? Can I fire? <laughs> is that possible? No, I can't fire you. <laughs> well, you probably You can. have you no have power here. Yeah. He, he has a lot of power here. No. Yeah. Yoro no Kai, uh, the song uh, Hitatsu no Wari o Mukaete. I'm only saying that last time. I really like the piano performance. Uh, it's composed by someone who I'm not familiar with, uh, Hayato Asano. And it's super chill. I, again, I don't know anything about the game, so I really can't speak much to the broader context it appears in. But it's a really cool song, and I really like the music from this game. And I know so little about the game, but like the music enough that I'm like, I should probably buy this. And like, I see it in stores in Japan, and I'm like, ah, I should buy that. But then I didn't, because I bought Digimon Cyber Sleuth instead. <laughs> Can you is... buy it and let me know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, buy it for, for your people. Who need you? And then send it to you? <laughs> no, just just tell us how it is. White people in America? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's RPG fan people, both staff uh, and readers. Hey, remember when Digimon played Kids in America in the localized movie? That, that was pretty good, right? No. Oh yeah. Angela Anaconda brought it in. It was. It was. Dark times. Wow. I'm, I'm derailing us here, but yes. All right. Um. Cool song. Yes, the the song. Uh, I wrote, this is one of those tracks that makes me want to play the game because that's what it is. I heard this and it was so pretty and I was like, I'm suddenly instantly interested in the game and the rest of the soundtrack because of this one piece. So, uh, which happens a fair amount, uh, especially on this show, um, I know from personal experience. And it's always a cool thing. It's like, hey, that was pretty awesome and now I kind of want this for no other reason than because it has good music. 
<laughs> yes, I've done that before. I've bought a game because the soundtrack impressed me. Yeah, I've never done that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's most of the games I buy now. Really? Well. Any recent one? Or any one you can give an example? Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's, um, Moving on. Masafumi, uh, I can't remember the last name, Okuda. It's the composer of Danganronpa, um, and it's a very similar oh, sort of... Cool. Okay. It's, uh, we actually have a review of the music coming, so I will leave it to Neil to speak it much more eloquently than I could, because word don't do good. But yes, he loved it. But let's move on to our supersized show today. And I'm starting us off with our first blog. I picked Hyron from Deus Ex Human Revolution. This, well, it, it has an official track on like the the extended official soundtrack that they released that still isn't nearly as much music as actually is in the game. But I didn't stop like doing that, developers. Right, seriously, stop it. <laughs> um, I didn't like the way they uh, arranged it. It's um, they kind of all of the music in the game has layers, and the way that they arranged like the layers didn't really sit with me. So this is like straight from the actual game, which is why I'm just calling it the name of the boss, which is Hyron. Uh, it's an awesome. That's why song. I couldn't like, find it on YouTube. <laughs> yes, I am sneaky like that. Very <laughs> oh sneaky. God. I don't know what to say. Oh, I cussed, I'm sorry. <laughs> that stage, you're off the show. <laughs> no, well, we just, we just have like a, a virtual swear jar. You just need to put like, you know, a dollar bill in there and you're good. A Canadian dollar bill, please. <laughs> worth nothing right now. Oh, Ten good. Canadian we'll get, we'll get 70 cents. Damn it. <laughs> All right, so that was my pick. And then Mike, I think you're next. Yes? Yeah, I picked Unseen Abyss, the final boss from Final Fantasy XIII 2. And I want to I want to talk about what the boss is, but I don't think everyone here knows, so I won't say what the boss is. But it's a cool fight and it's a cool song. And Steven oh, has I want to say one. what the boss is. I had I actually had a, a comment, but no. Spoiler alert! In three, two, one, go. Snake kills Dumbledore and Aerith dies. Damn! Oh my <laughs> god! Ruined the franchise for me. Thank you. I actually think that the people who Snape killed Dumbledore back in the day, they're my least favorite humans on the planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they didn't spoil it for me, but if they had, I would have started a quest, not unlike Lord Voldemort's, to destroy them. <laughs> okay. Anyways, my track is from a game I've never played, but it is from a series that I've sort of been dipping into a little bit. So the Mystery Dungeon series, I've, I my first go at it has been with uh, Etrian Mystery Dungeon, which... I really, really like. Uh, I love the Etrian series, and I'm more. I'm getting more and more into the sort of roguelike style. And although the Etrian one is probably a little lighter than your average roguelike, it's pretty forgiving. The track I picked is from Pokemon Mystery Dungeon: Explorers of Sky, which don't know anything about it, but clearly it's popular because they've made several of them. And this is Dialga's fight to the finish, which I guess that might spoil the final boss of the Pokemon game. Sorry. As, as all the Pokemon fans write to me, and they're like, the bosses are actually good! They might actually be good, I don't know, I could be wrong. But anyways, the song is cool, and I picked it because it's very interesting, and we never had this game on there, and I spent a huge amount of time listening to Final Boss playlists to find just the right selection that was not one of the four that I wanted to pick, which was the Final Boss song to every Kingdom Hearts. So that's my pick. Oh. Excuse me? Did you just boo? <laughs> Or are you booing me not picking it? I said boo earns. Anyways, uh, so I picked, I picked uh, Finish the Promise, which is the final boss theme from Tales of the Abyss. 
and it is excellent. And not done by uh, Motoi Sakuraba, so that's kind of cool. It's, you uh, think it would be. it's done by um, Moto, Moto Fujiwara. Fujiwara, who is the yeah. lead vocalist and composer of Bump of Chicken, who did the opening song for Tales of the Abyss. Which, honestly, it's, I just think is so cool. I agree. <laughs> it's a nice little you an actual rock star. There. Yes. Yes, bookends, if you will. I think yeah. he also did Meaning of Birth, which was the arrangement of Karma, the main theme. Oh, yeah. Which plays does, the fight with Ash. He does I'll definitely get all into of that. the final boss themes in a game, which all three parts of the final boss fight, and then when you fight Ash. So. Tales of the Abyss yeah. is still my favorite tale, so we should definitely discuss this further after we listen to Hiram, Unseen Abyss, Dialga's Fight to the Finish, and Finish the Promise.
track, it starts off rocking and it just doesn't give up. You've got that that really big booming bass and the drums are just going at it. It's I love how it just starts off like that. And you've got to love um, the vocals that Michael McCann uses throughout the soundtrack and here especially. Yeah, I, that, I, I, sorry, I just wanted to agree with you. I agree yeah, with yeah. You. Well, because everyone should agree with that, that statement because the vocals are awesome. Correct. She said without a, a hint of ego. Well, yeah, but you're correct, so you shouldn't yeah. be. And then you've got, I, I don't know how to describe some of the elements of the song. There's this electronic going on that I love. It brings in that sort of techno aspect that fits the game, given the, you know, the setting of all augmentations and whatnot. I, I love that as it underlays the track. There's yeah. a real cool sense of urgency in the song, you know, like it kind of keeps you pumped, you know, good for the atmosphere. Yeah, I, I really like, you know, it works in a little bit of the main theme. Uh, you get the, the vocal from Icarus, you get a little bit of the, the main theme of the game as well in there. And, and the, the synth, uh, though, that, that part that I think you were trying to articulate, Caitlin, that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that synth is very deus ex. That's, that's sort of a sound that's been present in the series for quite a long time. It's very, like, 1980s hard tech sci-fi type sound. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the kind of stuff that you would hear in a lot of 1980s hard sci-fi films. And that's part of the reason I also love Human Revolution's music, is just the vocals are used so well for such good chilling effect um, that gives it this weird sort of isolated but also human quality. I actually wrote to that effect too, was that, you know, I, I like the fact that it was just a nice, soothing vocal. It's not like a lot of Final Boss themes, it's not like a big, giant, epic Latin choir like, you know, sorry Steven, but Kingdom Hearts usually does. Well, no, that's and that works for that series, I think. But for Deus Ex, which is the whole the whole game is about this fusion of like humanity and technology. So you have this very yeah. very distinctly synthetic synth, and then you have the the human vocals, and then you have that like heavy bass, which I always love heavy bass. So it comes together really well. It's only a shame that the final boss in Human Revolution is brick stupid, because the yeah. awesome. More time to appreciate the music. Yes, which is awesome and. So the game, the entire game, the music is layered, so you'll have like a bass track and then some stress music that comes in when you're near enemies, and then if you get into combat, the drums start up, and the boss fights are like that too. And on the official soundtrack, which is still woefully incomplete, they tried to layer them, like one layer and then add another layer and then a third layer, and just I don't know, it doesn't work for me as well because you don't start off with that big booming bass and, and the drums bah, right bah, 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 the start. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of grows into that, but it takes a couple of minutes and by the time you get there, you're kind of like, okay, so I guess I've heard this before. Yeah. Whereas with the way, with, with having all those layers together at the start, you had that wonderful energy right off the get-go and you're just ready to go. So long-winded explanation for why I chose a custom mix and not the track from the official soundtrack. So. What well, I think it's funny because it's it's I said it off air, but it's pretty similar to what I did on. Well, now I don't know which episode it was, but whenever whatever episode it was, I played the Fantasy Star Online two song because the one on the soundtrack and how you hear it in game is very different. So like the soundtrack one didn't sound exactly like what I wanted. Like I liked specifically that version, that rip I heard. Cause it's very. It's dynamic how it plays the game. I think that's that's sort of the not the danger, but when you have 
you know, in games where they tend, a lot of games tend to use dynamic generation of their audio, where the composer has done each track separately, and then the system is sort of creating what you hear in the game based on context. It can be so really cool. difficult. It's awesome. It just, yeah. you know, you sometimes run into cases where then they, you know, they, they, they produce it for the soundtrack, and it's not the way you recall hearing it in the game, and like the the flow of it is different, and that can sometimes be a bummer, which is a shame, because, you know, it's like your option is to either record it directly from the game, which is not necessarily what the composer wants people to hear, or you get the produced version that sounds different. Yeah. PSO 2 is especially guilty of that uh, on its official soundtracks, because that game is very dynamic in how it generates its music, which is great in the game, but lost in transition in transition correct speaking of lost in transition how many final boss themes does final fantasy 13 to have i feel like we've played like 10 of them <laughs> no i play music like, i pull music in from the game all the time but there's like one. is it heart of chaos is it invisible depths unseen a bit oh the same this is the same song i think it's like part of the yeah, uh, so multiple endings translation heart of chaos is the second to last boss okay this is I mean, this is the final final boss yeah and I, I kind of, I was really torn between them, but I think that I end up cheating way too much on this show. I always bring in something that's sort of a final boss for a boss theme, and I bring in something that isn't technically correct for the topic, but you guys let me get away with it. <laughs> so I figured if I'm going to go between the final boss and the sort of final boss, I'd not cheat this time and use the actual final last you know what though that's so fair though like i remember uh, neil commented on this once where he like doesn't like one winged angel as much as uh the the boss theme that song that plays just before it Birth of God. you know and so like Birth you know we God, can't yeah. penalize you yeah 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 we can't song. penalize you for that and to be fair i think uh unseen abyss is absolutely fantastic yeah yeah i mike i i love that you picked this because this is uh, one of my favorite final boss themes actually mm -hmm. it's a really uh, well, kick-ass. I say it a lot, but that's true here. Um, it's got this wonderful... I love the pace of it. it. It's a very kind of a racing pace to it. You feel like It really matches the battle system, you know? Like that kind of, yeah. go get them battle system, you know? The beat of the battle system. Yeah, you can't take your time with that system. You're supposed to go on the offensive, and if you don't time things right, you, you, you know, you, you screw things up. So, and that... You get turned into kinda, candy! Wait, that's a different game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I even like the like dun 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 dun. dun yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me of something I'd be hitting up in theater rhythm. Yeah, I yeah, love I the 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 like the pulses, the electronic <laughs> elements uh, throughout the uh, the boss battle, which is nice. It's excitable. Yeah, and yeah, it's it kind of shocks from, you we awake. Were, we were just talking about like you know having. Uh, orchestral choir, you know, style final boss themes, and this is pretty different from that sort of expected uh, symphonic epic sound, but still epic in its own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it helps that it has a reference to the the main bad guy's theme thrown in there too. Yeah, see that. That's what so I bad. Love. Yeah, why did you pick it? <laughs> that's what I love about that whole soundtrack. There's, they're really good. It's actually what we always talk about with uh, Heaven's Words. That's a weird word to pluralize. Um, <laughs> music is that it, it's very cohesive. There, there's a lot of themes in 13.2 that you'll hear like in a couple different tracks. And I do like that in this one that you hear. I, don't, I can't pinpoint it, but other themes in here too. Yeah. 
And I mean, uh, well, okay, we didn't want to spoil what you're fighting, so in as non-spoiler terms as possible, it was an awesome final boss fight. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen the thing that you fight, but it was a really cool, I think, way to finish that game. Well, yeah, but you don't and usually I, see three of the thing. Yeah, well, we saw My three eyes of wide the open, thing open. in one game. We saw it in Final Fantasy VII. Not together. Well, not, that's what I mean. Like, it's it's pretty intimidating when you get there, and it's like, oh, yeah, like I, I guess I can fight all three of you at once. And you have to, otherwise <laughs> You've you come die. this far, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do or die. And, and yeah, definitely, you know, good cohesive, you know, great energy. It's a damn good choice, and I'm sad I didn't pick it. <laughs> I'm glad Mike picked it, because that meant I didn't have to pick it. Because I do, uh, my initial comments of why are there so many of these sort of belie the fact that I also think they're all awesome, so. Yes. <laughs> Would you have actually brought it up if you think one of us did not pick something awesome? Would you be like, you have to rethink that? I don't like it. I do that all the time anyway. I've had every selection on here. And nobody knows. That's not okay. Speaking of vetting things that I know nothing about, Dialga's Fight to the Finish, which I might be mispronouncing that Pokemon's name, but sorry if I am. Uh, I picked it basically because it really reminds me of Wild Arms. It's airy, fresh, and very fun. It has... It sounds like a finale song. It's not so light that you wouldn't that you would confuse it for something earlier in the game. It definitely sounds like a showdown type thing, or like this is the culmination of the game. But it also feels light and sort of like, I imagine fighting in the sky. That's what it honestly seems like. When you put it like that, I think I understand it more as a final boss theme, because when I heard it, I was like, oh, that's a final boss theme? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, it's I so lovely. I have it's so one... pleasant. I have one note on this track, and it's that <laughs> this is the happiest final boss song ever. Yes! <laughs> really? Yeah. You don't think that one who bears fangs a god is happy? <laughs> kind of, but it's still a little ominous. Why does that sound familiar? That is, is that the final, called? final boss theme from Xenogears. Oh. Yeah. No, this wow. is... This yeah. isn't, there's no <laughs> ominous anything. This is just like... Happy good times. I do like happy good times. I do like it. I do <laughs> good like times. it. Which, that should be the title of our podcast today. <laughs> good times. Happy good times. Happy good boss times. themes. But this is an interesting discussion, I think, to, to sort of juxtapose an interesting dichotomy between final boss themes that are very serious, doom-like, or in a minor key, and versus ones like... Yeah, versus like ones like this that are upbeat, positive, and happy. This is, I also wrote that it was happy. I see a lot more of the former than I do of the latter, but I, I always like seeing, or hearing, sorry, proper words here, hearing these kinds of songs too, just because it's nice to break up, you know, all the doom and gloom of, oh, awesome, epic final boss that's going to destroy the world. Let's just have fun fighting him, okay? You need, you need a few skits about cat paw pads before you have the skits where Van talks about cloning the planet. <laughs> oh, nice segue. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I picked uh, Finish the Promise from Tales of the Abyss, and, you know, Yay. like I said, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's really cool that they did not have Sakuraba do the uh, final boss thing, but they actually got their, you know, the, star, the rock star. Uh, so a bit of the background of the song is 
you know, it, it kind of incorporates a lot of uh, tear, you know, the main heroine's song into the game and kind of gives it a really nice upbeat spin. And for a boss theme, again, I don't think that's something you hear often is that sort of upbeat and confident sound. Usually it's always that kind of epic Latin chanting or if any of you guys remember Lost Odyssey's uh, final boss theme, which is just chaos. <laughs> Um, but one thing I like is, you know, because it incorporates, you know, tear song in a final boss, it, it just has personal written all over it, you know, because it's a very personal final fight between like, you know, two siblings, you know, somebody you really understand throughout the entire game. So I just thought it was a really cool choice. It's very catchy, too. So, yay. What I really like about it is that when you it has, like you said, all the phonic hymns. And yeah. so it, it, it that is a type of sound that you've been hearing throughout the game because a every time tear casts a spell if you're using tear obviously you hear it, you yeah. um but then you know it, it really does thematically tie the whole experience together because it's a personal fight for everybody involved particularly for luke and tear uh which is why you should be using tear and it also like you said it's light not light but it's it's more upbeat and i like that because by that point in the story the final boss fight is sort of the only obstacle between like the world saved and world not saved but, like, Luke's character arc at that point is sort of finished. Like, Luke is now well, yeah, like, no longer a giant game. bag of dicks. Like, he's yeah. now a nice guy. Well, and, like, the know, big theme in that game is, uh, you know, to find the meaning of, you know, one's life. And so I think by the end, you know, the whole main party has it figured out. They've come over their own personal trials and all that stuff. So it is such a confident sound. Like, everybody's fighting for what they believe in. As cheesy as it is, you know, it really makes you feel it when you're fighting it. Absolutely. I agree. Great song and good pick. That's uh, I've said this before, but it's my favorite Tales game, and I love it. Totally. <laughs> I, I was wondering about that because I noticed somewhere it's about in the middle of the song. It there's this kind of not victory, but it, it is kind of an. It does sound victorious. Yeah, hmm. not the whole song, but there's like parts of it that do. So now I understand why it sounds like that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I guess I should play that game, huh? Agreed. Yes. That game is yeah. fantastic. Everyone should play that game. As far as like story goes, yeah, it's like the only time that Tails really tried for a good story and they totally succeeded. You know, a lot of people don't seem to think that, and I'm glad that we can agree that they're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. Because every time somebody writes about that, they're like, yeah, it's just got a bunch of jargon and it's nonsense. I'm like, no, there's hardly any jargon in it. Yeah, you have to know know the score and phonic hymns, but the the usage of proper nouns does not damn a narrative into into convolution like and, and like there's not even that much happening in cutscenes but they still manage to create a really good strong narrative in it you know unlike i think you know a lot of recent tales games which kind of prioritize like the action in a cutscene than what's being said so they tend to be shorter and less explanatory i agree and i i think so, the, i think they also did a good job tying the characters together through the narrative like everybody yeah. in the abyss feels like they belong together by the end whereas like again i know i'm not agreed with on this but like, the last two that I've played, Excelli in particular, is like, yeah, these people just sort of fell together by happenstance, and now they're best friends, because that's, we need that for skits. Well, like, everybody in Abyss is, like, a political party member, basically. Yeah, like, well, everyone is, like, a pawn or the person playing the chess game. Yeah, so I think it's really cool. And that's a good point against uh, Zillia, which is just, yeah, just a bunch of people managed to find each other. Like, uh, Jude, most of all, who just kind of lucked out and had his you know, got got horny for a girl one day. <laughs> I, I have not been silly. I got okay. to the very, very end. And, like, my my thing with Jude is that he is 
we yelled at Final Fantasy XII for a character who had nothing to do with the plot being there. Pinello and Vaughn. Yeah. Like, but, like, Jude is sort of like, yeah, I'm here, and I'm not a jerk, so I want to help you. So he helps you. And I, I like, like, that's, I like that as a character trait. Like, a guy who's like, yeah, I'm just going to help because that's the right thing to do. That I like. I just don't feel Actually, like they tied it together well enough. I liked him by the end. Like, uh, you know, he kind of figures out some of the sciences behind the planet and he wants to kind of, you know, help using magical video game science. But, uh, you know, he kind of finds this purpose that he wants to help everybody and that worked, but not the start where he just kind of follows around Mila. This is off topic. Very off topic and I'm not going to engage in this discussion because we've had it before and, um, yeah. But I, I definitely agree about Abyss being... <laughs> I, I actually, I think it's one of the best paced Tales games because unlike every other Tales game where the last third feels really off yes. and like, the, like filler, like they just had to extend it. Like Vesperia didn't need that last third of the game. You really <laughs> finished it once you, you know, killed Alexei. But Abyss, I thought the last third of the game worked really well. It did not feel like they were, you know, trying to find some mega bad guy that you didn't know existed before and you have to kill. It just kind of kept going in a natural pace. So... That's one thing I like about Tales games is they're pretty good at showing you the enemy very early on and kind of building with it and not kind of throwing in a last-minute surprise. Yeah, I, I would say I agree with that. <laughs> I, I had to think. I was like, yeah, I was like that? Hmm. Yes, I do. They, they... But, like, Van, you see him in, like, you know, one of the very first scenes of the game, you know, and you kind of follow him in his, his journey as much as yours. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about Kratos and Lloyd and how amazing Zealous is. That's it. It is, uh, it is very Zealous. refreshing, though. To, like, Absolutely. not have the big bad be hidden for half the game, and that's like, surprise, I was actually pulling your strings the whole time. Like Necron. What about, oh, I was just going to say, what about Final Fantasy IX? <laughs> hey, that was a reference to classic Final Fantasies. Yes, yes. All right, all right. Still came out of nowhere. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was a reference to classic Final Fantasies, where the final boss came out of nowhere. Oh, man. The way you word it like that, you can't win against a conversation like that. <laughs> that not, or not. I think it was well executed. I'm just saying it was an, an intentional choice. It wasn't well executed, but it was, that was the... the I don't mind it. Well, like I said, I liked it because it took, you know, your eyes off Kuja from being the big at the end. It took your eyes off Kuja's horrible wardrobe. Mm, he was sexy for a man. <laughs> <laughs> for a man who looked very effeminate. Hey, some people like that. It's true. Shouldn't. All right, we we are moving so far away from topics. So <laughs> yes, um... let's talk about the. I picked the first track in our next block. This is a game that I am legitimately devastated was bad because <laughs> it had like Masato Kato from uh. Chrono Fame. It had Yasunori Mitsuda. You know, it had all much of the dream team of Chrono Trigger behind it and Chrono Cross. Uh, this was in Japanese World Destruction in the U.S. Sands of Destruction. Um, Sega worked on it as well, and like the game did sort of play like a light Xenogears, but it was just, it was badly paced and the combat wasn't fun, blah blah blah. But it never got a real soundtrack release, it got like one sort of limited release, and that is criminal because the music was fantastic. And so I picked the final boss track, The Creator. I don't actually think that's what it's called, but that's sort of appropriate for it, so that's basically what we went with. So I picked the final boss track from Sands of Destruction. Stephanie, you picked our next one. Uh, yes, the end of the beginning, one of like 40 final boss themes <laughs> for Wild Arms 3. It's great. 
That's all I have to say about that till after. That's I have to say about that. And then Boris Gump. is a thing that Michael has picked. Have we played answers before? I'm not a smart I man. Remember. I know what love is. We, I believe we played uh, the version from Distant Worlds. Good. This so we played a live version. We didn't play the album version as far as I'm aware. Okay. Well, good. I've only heard the Distant World version. This isn't the album version either. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so I picked Answers from Final Fantasy XIV, although this is a mix that I put together because, well, I'll explain it after. It's it's complicated. But yeah. <laughs> Caitlin has our last song. Yes. Oh, the one song that I couldn't possibly go without picking on a final boss uh, episode, which is Battle for Freedom from Final Fantasy XII, because hey. I love me some Final Fantasy XII, I love me some Sakimoto, and this is, well, both of those. So, yeah. Alright, well let's go ahead and take a listen to The Creator, The End of the Beginning, Answers, and The Battle for Freedom.
So, Sands of Destruction has great music. It's got that very 1990s, 2000s era Yasunori Mitsuda dramatic flair to it that we all just loved so much and just kept wanting him to keep recreating that he was sort of adamantly refusing to recreate. And then Sands of Destruction, they were like, all right, we'll go back to super Latin choir dramatic Mitsuda. And it was awesome. Uh, you know, it was obviously limited by the DS's sound capabilities a little bit, but I think, you know, it still is quite clear that this is really well-written music that is super epic. It's, it's It reminds me of Xenogears very much, and I think that's by design. It, again, is sort of sad that the game is garbage, but <laughs> what are you going to do? We got good Mitsuda music. If you want more, go listen to Stormbringer. That one's awesome, too. Yes. So my big note here is uh, Mitsuda I've always loved just because I find he's a guy, for lack of better words, who always finds and uses the good notes. And same for this, you know, it's just a very pleasing final battle, final boss song. He knows how to create a good emotional melody. You know, he just knows the notes to hit for that. I think uh, Zenosega really did this well for the few songs that's in it. Yeah, he, he knows how to create space operatic levels of drama. Like, yeah, I like that. Of- of the of the fabric of existence is at risk. <laughs> if it could be quantified in a sound, it would be that. Or that yeah. lavo screech. <laughs> that one. That's, that one's quantified into a sound too, although an unpleasant sound. You made it sound pleasant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm an, I'm an evil red star that crashed into the planet. You're all gonna die. I wonder, I hope we play some more Mitsuda later. Yeah, so. <laughs> so I don't know, we end. might be playing more Mitsuda later, who knows? Mm, I don't. I do know that Stephanie's pick was awesome. Wild Arms 3 Woo. is often the one that I wrestle with having my favorite soundtrack in the series. I'm not sure, but if it would be up There's there. There's a lot of songs on that soundtrack, so. <laughs> it's a... Yeah. <laughs> It's and you know the the final boss is so interesting. Um, and to amongst the thirteen forms, yes, there's a few magical musical nuggets amongst them. And uh, the one I picked was the end of the beginning. Uh, it was actually my last minute choice too, but I really really wanted to include Michiko Naruka's work because I think she's great. And I think she was a perfect fit for the series. As yes. far as a final boss theme though, I like it because it's like a medley and final boss theme, which I think is great when they do that. Uh, so you hear a bit of the uh, world map theme in there and you also hear, you know, the first kind of battle, the first prologue battle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that takes place on top of the train. You hear that kind of, okay, I'm gonna do it. The <laughs> kind of sprinkled throughout there. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it, the whistling too. Yes, the whistling. And, uh, you know, I think tying it to elements you hear throughout the game, tying it to a song you hear in the beginning, it creates a good bookend, you know, so like stuff you hear at the beginning and a song you hear at the end. So it's classic Wild Arms sounding. It's got a very sweeping and adventurous melody to it. And, you know, Naruke does a great job capturing that Wild West feel and making it flawlessly work with JRPGs. Yeah. That is exactly what I would wanted to say. But you said it better, <laughs> so I, I agree with that. Naruke is awesome. There's like a, I didn't realize, but there's like a Tokyo game music show coming soon, and like a bunch of like of people in the video game music scene go there, and Naruke goes, and I'm super excited because I'm gonna go meet her and listen to her perform. Oh, that sounds awesome. And I'm gonna tell her that you think her final boss track for Wild Arms 3 is awesome. Okay. 
I don't know why that excites me. She probably won't give a f man. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Two dollars. <laughs> <are, please. laughs> no, Canadian three four dollars. <sighs> yeah, we'll just cover I'll that one up. Talking. Okay. Yeah, I like that song. I think we've had Wild Arms three on here at some point. I don't know which songs, but Yeah, I've had a couple from it. Yeah, I haven't even heard this one before. I like it a lot. I do like the whist the kind of whistle yeah. in there. I'm always a sucker for the whistle in Wild Arms. I can't help it. Yeah. Well it's such a, a great way to kind of set the, the stage or to to go along with the theme of the game to have that sort of traditional the western sound in there. Well, you know, and, and like three was the first one that went full Western, like, and yeah. not half JRPG fantasy Western, but like, you know, two sort of got away from a lot of the whistling, and it was very like, it had sort of a frontiersy feel to it, but like three got way into like the, the old. Everybody West. used guns. Yeah, everybody used yeah. Guns. And one thing know, I love about the Wild Arms three soundtrack is that it has a credited whistler, somebody with very <laughs> moist, <laughs> somebody with very moist lips. You know, <laughs> whistling along to the entire soundtrack. And doing it. That's, that's awesome. Job of it. Wow. <laughs> Moist lips sink ships. Just imagine somebody asks you, what instrument did you play on this soundtrack? You'd be like, I played my lips. <laughs> <laughs> so, Next. I need some answers. Okay. <laughs> everyone always yells at me because... I don't like the final boss of the Binding Coil of Bahamut. And I have not played it, but I have seen it. And this song is awesome. And I want to know... I want to hear what Mike thinks about it all. I want to know why I don't get to fight 30-story Bahamut. You Anyways, probably, you Mike, talk about it, please. Cut off Steven. Because logistics. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't that's know. probably the real-world answer. Uh, I think, well, okay. I think they could have had you fight a giant Bahamut if they wanted. I think they probably figured it was more interesting to have an actual battlefield you move around instead of having him, like, hanging off the edge of a ledge or something. I mean, yeah, you do see... If you will. What? Punching his ankles, if you will. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> biting off his kneecaps, more yeah. like. I mean, you do Epic. see giant Bahamut as you're going through the different levels of coil. Um, I mean, part of the, the thing is he's in the process of being, you know, healing and returning to power. And what is it? Like, this battlefield, it's not, you're not actually fighting actual Bahamut. You're sort of like, you're fighting like his, inside. his core. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing, too. It's like, he's not rebuilt. And we're just going to spoil everything at this point, but... He's not, like, finished or, like, completely there. So the idea is you're supposed to stop him from being revived. So if they revived mm -hmm. him first, you wouldn't be able to stop him. Because yeah. the last time he got revived, he exploded out of the sun and murdered the planet and made a much better game. Right. Wait, so why don't we want him to get revived? Is that what Final Fantasy XIV is about? Final Fantasy 1.0 ended with Bahamut exploding out of the red moon Dalamud and it, nuking the planet. It's actually, Crap. it's pretty brilliant <laughs> because they had to destroy the game and rebuild it. So they built it into the story where Bahamut destroys it. So a couple it's years almost later. It's a hilarious metaphor for the first run of Final Fantasy XIV. It is. <laughs> yeah. But let's yeah. just drop a bomb on it and start again. Yep. Well, it also created really interesting lore throughout A Realm Reborn where it's like, yeah, the world was 
kind of trashed and we don't know how it happened. And also, uh, there's a place called the Binding Coil Bahama. We should probably check that out. Yep. Wow. Now I know. Yep. The more you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, Answers yeah. Answers is the main theme of the game. It's a, it's the opening song. So I think it was really, really fitting that they used it for the final boss. But what they did and what this song is that you heard there is they broke it down to like three different sections. So instead mm-hmm. of playing answers straight through, each of the three phases of the fight plays a different part of the song. And by the time you and get it's... to the final phase of the fight, then it's like the main final chorus of the song. It works so well so, in the game. Yeah, so when like when you play through the battle, you go through the entire song as you move through. And so by the end of it, you've heard... It's, you know, it probably has looped at certain points, but you still get that sort of start to finish without it going through the entire way, like even in the first phase. It kind of helps the building of the the, the drama of the fight itself because by the final phase, things are pretty crazy and look pretty freaking awesome too. And it sort of helps that the music has been building along that point as well. Mm-hmm. If I could just add, like, I have no frame of reference. I haven't played Final Fantasy XIV because I'm scared of it, of becoming addicted. But when I was on, when I was on, you'll be fine. Uh, (laughs) Uh, When I was on NeoGuff, they actually had a topic about your favorite, you know, vocal Final Fantasy theme, and some some users got upset because the answers wasn't a part of it. And so that's when I finally took to listening it, and I thought it was epic. I thought it was just great. And so I like how answers sort of overnight become the next big FF game theme. You know, that's not mem- Melodies of Life, you know, Suteki Dane, uh, Eyes on Me. And, you know, I definitely like that it's a bit of a harder hitting sound and it's a lot less sappier than the other main game themes. <laughs> so that's really what I took away from it. Yeah, it was, I, I really like answers. Like, because I, you know, vocal themes, I can sort of take it or leave it for Final Fantasy. I mean, I, yeah. I like the classic ones because I grew up with them and I like nines because it's awesome. And answer is, is much like nine, it's just straight awesome. You know, it, it, it's worked into the game in ways that make it feel like narratively coherent and it's fun to listen to. It's it's it sounds very Final Fantasy, and that's basically again what I think 14's greatest strength is now is that it's the most Final Fantasy Final Fantasy in quite a while. Yeah, really, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would say it has a more interesting story than many of the other ones. One, 2.0's story, like the core game, is pretty good. It has a lot of villains that they set up and then just kill all in the final dungeon and don't really follow up with, but then they do uh, later. Basically, once they get out of the content that was dependent on 1.0, the original version of the game, it gets fantastic. And Heavensward is like one of the best Final Fantasy stories, period. I don't even know what that's like for an MMO to have a story. I'm, I'm, that's what's I'm interesting. Kinda... Yeah. 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 I'm kind of, you know, geeking out here now. I'm wanting to play it. You should play it. I should. But I'll get addicted. But that's not a bad thing. If it's a good experience. <laughs> that Aww. that sound. Uh, <laughs> if it makes uh, you feel any better, I got quit. I, I got quit. I done got quit. I done got quit. Because it does take quite a large amount of time. Yeah, see, that's but, what I'm scared of. I really want to play it, but I'm so scared of investing just too many good hours into it. It is, however, though, the, the content from the core game is now much faster to get through because they, like, tightened it up before the expansion came out and made it faster so you can get to the expansion sooner. That's good. So, I mean, you can yeah. get through a large portion of it and then get to the la- the expansion, which is... I actually think the expansion storyline takes longer than the base game storyline. 
I'm trying to think if I have anything to disprove that, but I, I think it's accurate. Uh, well, I don't know, because by the base game, if you mean without any of the patches that came out post 2.0, maybe, but with yeah. all of the patches after, after the end of like the original main story, I would probably say not yet. As I like to call them, the FedEx simulation quests with cool boss fights. <laughs> hey, you know, I know I you know saved the I... world, but I need you to go collect a bunch of nonsense for 10 hours, and then you can fight Shiva. Actually, that's a lie. The Shiva one was awesome. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, is, that was actually the best one. That's one area in which, in which Heaven's Word is vastly superior to A Realm Reborn. There is much less of that yeah. stupid, yeah. You, have, you are the only person who can do this, and no one likes you until you do it, and then they love you, but you still have to go out and do everything by yourself. So, yeah, yeah. Heaven, Heaven's Word does its narrative way better. Not that 1.2.0 isn't good, but there's room for improvement, and Heaven's Word yeah. was the improvement. Oh, okay. Let's move on. Music. Okay. So, uh, I think everyone knows by now that I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy XII and Sakimoto in general, so I couldn't, I couldn't not pick, double negative, sorry, uh, Battle for Freedom, one of the most, ep uh, well, epic. We use it all the time, but there's such a cinematic feel throughout uh, 12 soundtrack and it's present here in this piece as well. Um, I, I say, I said it before that Sakimoto is great at creating uh, and using themes throughout his soundtracks and it's really present in this boss thing because you have two of the, of the three uh, main themes of the game, the theme of the Empire and then just the, the main theme of Final Fantasy XII that are featured once you get through like the first three minutes are actual actually a cutscene. The main battle doesn't start until the the sort of the drums come in. You have that sort of military percussion thing going on, but you go through this sort of warped variation of the Empire scene. These different little motifs that come here and there, which makes sense because you're fighting a man who's at at that moment he's basically the leader of the Empire, and then you shift and everything gets a little bit more hopeful and well I don't want to say happy but there's a bit more a bit of a positive like we can do this we got this spin on it when the main theme of the game comes in and it, it starts over getting over the mountain yeah <laughs> and over the mountain sound yeah I, I love that there's all these different movements in this track you the first three minutes is like I said cinematic and it's got some really there's some crazy stuff going on in that cinematic and the music reflects that. And then the first half of the battle is kind of like the whole, you know, oh, we're, we're in the <laughs> where we're screwed. This is the, this is, this guy is transformed to this really freaky looking thing. And I don't know how we're going to beat him. And then it shifts and you, you sort of are getting to that hero moment of the game where our, our characters are triumphing over the bad guy. And I love how the track just sort of, moves from all those different, you know, from one to the other and back and forth. I had to say, I, I don't know if it's just me, but when the percussion comes in, when the actual battle starts at about three minutes, I am reminded so much of the first battle theme against Ultima from Final Tactics. Like, I have yeah. to think it was in some way intentional on Sakimoto's part to reference that because the games are connected by being in the same place. I get that so much from Final Fantasy XII, where it's like so familiar, so nostalgic. I don't know why, but yeah, just the notes seem to line up in certain ways. Well, he created a very cohesive musical sort of frame very. for Ivalice, and yeah, 
12 is sort of tactics with better instrumentation. It, it's yeah. sort of like the culture of Ivelisse is just not complete unless you got, you know, Sakamoto doing the soundtrack. Hint, hint. If you yeah. ever make another Ivelisse game, yeah. get Sakamoto or else. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, totally. Uh, basically, I, I really like the build-up. Hearing you talk about it, it really helps me appreciate it and kind of think about it a bit more. I complained at first because it was a bit long, but I think it really just flows very, very nicely. The Evil East world has a really big atmosphere to it, and I think it's very well captured in this kind of final bout. Which it is that a battle is. for freedom. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a really apt name for this final bottle. Battle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because the entirety of the game has been about this middle kingdom that is getting stepped on by a much more powerful kingdom trying to achieve its independence. So, very apt title there. I love it. Yeah, I, I think you uh, said a lot of good about it. I think you said a lot of what's on our mind about it. I have to live up to my, my name as the Dark Souls of Final Fantasy XII, so. <laughs> right. You have twelve. Speaking- and then everything. I stepped all over your segue. It's okay. Speaking of living up to your name, Yasunori Mitsuda had a lot of living up to do when he composed the first Xenosaga's soundtrack, didn't he? Mm. <laughs> yes, he did. I wonder uh, if I, that would be relevant to anything that is coming in the future, <laughs> Michael. I don't know. God, you're so bad at this. It's good. I, I, usually he's, <laughs> That's usually a he's, joke. He's usually way worse. Uh, it could have something to do with the fact that our next track is the last battle from Xenosaga Episode 1. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you mean the only other battle theme in the game? Yep. But yeah. Is it really? Oh, God, it's so it's been so long. It is. Yeah. There's, there's the regular yeah. battle theme and the final boss theme. There isn't even a boss oh, theme. Oh, God. They, yeah, they use that so for the weird. boss theme, too. I mean, admittedly, the regular battle theme is way too dramatic, so it works as a boss theme, but <laughs> let's let's we'll talk about it after. Yes. So, what did you pick after that, Caitlin? She's got something coming up. So yeah, I picked the final boss song theme from Fire Emblem Fates, which um, I'm very much looking forward to playing very soon. I'm kind of jealous of all those people who are playing it right now. It's a really cool song, um, and I just couldn't help but not pick it because I've been listening to it on repeat for most of the past week. So yeah, I had to, I had to pick it. Awesome. And then I believe, Steven, you had our next pick. I did. Another game I have not played. And so let me let me paint for the audience a brief picture. We're picking tracks for this. And I'm like, I want to pick away from my usual selection of Yoko Shimomura because she's the best. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go listen to some Final Boss track lists on, on YouTube. And I'm listening and I'm listening, trying to find some interesting stuff. And I go, oh my goodness, The Day the World Falls, the Final Boss theme from Luminous Arc 2 is awesome. Gosh, this is so good, and I had it on repeat and repeat, and I had no internet at the time, so it was sort of just my, like, terrible phone tethering connection. And so I'm listening, and finally I, I'm like, I wonder who composed this. So I open up VGMDB, and it's Yoko Shimura. <laughs> so anyway, wah, wah. despite your best efforts, Sean, I was correct, and I picked The Day the World Falls from Luminous Arc 2. And then Stephanie <laughs> and the last And I had an unrestrained struggle picking this one. That was terrible. Okay, anyways, I picked the final boss theme from Valkyrie Profile 2 for a bunch of reasons you'll find out after. Excellent. All right, <laughs> let's listen to what promises to be a very dramatic selection of songs. <laughs> last Battle, the final boss theme from Fire Emblem Fates, The Day the World Falls, and Unrestrained Struggle. 
I really love that song. I, I kind of forgot about it for a while now, and I wish I hadn't. I did forget that it was one of only two battle songs. Yeah. <laughs> it. You know, I. my comment is, speaking of things that are obscenely dramatic, and Last Battle is obscenely dramatic. And it's kind of a shame, because I actually think Xenosaga 1 has the least good finale of any of the three games, because it's like, Albedo, Albedo, okay, Albedo left, and here's a random Gnosis. It's so dramatic, but the, the the thing you're fighting is not... I mean, it's not like it's totally unrelated to the story, but it's not a character you have been aware of. Yeah. And that was sort yeah. of lame. And I also feel like the soundtrack... Mitsuda probably felt a lot of pressure to basically make Xenogears again. And I, I feel bad because Xenosaga is very totally different from Xenogears. Like, Xenogears has a lot of sci-fi and space-type stuff going on, but it's also grounded in this sort of, like, fantasy, quasi-realistic world. So there's, like, that Celtic undertone to Xenogears that grounds it in a human element, whereas Xenosaga mm -hmm. is very sterile. Not in, not in the negative sterility kind of way, but in just very, like, space-age sterile. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, it's very different, and like I feel bad that Mitsuda did not get a chance to create Xenosaga 2 and 3, even though what we got for those was awesome too. But to speak more directly to the song, right around 145 is the best part of the song. It reminds me of Shadow Hearts, and that's good. Yeah, that's an interesting, like, just talking about the pressures of trying to go off of Zeno years. I mean, the, the Zeno Saga is, um, it's not directly related because it, it can't be for legal reasons, but everyone, of course, you know, is looking at it thinking, oh, well, this is a pre-sequel to Zeno years. What a mysterious thing this Zohar is. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, definitely there's an expectation that it should be musically similar. And there are definite, 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 there I go, creating new words. The definite elements of a soundtrack that are reminiscent of Zeno Years, although sometimes that's it's in the same way that it's Mitsuda and Mitsuda tends to sound like Mitsuda, like you would expect. I actually think that all of the all the stuff that was recorded live, all the orchestral things, that sounds pretty distinct to me from Zeno Years. The stuff that was done with the in-game synths, a lot of that does sound similar and familiar. So it's interesting to have that sort of break between real instruments and synths and, and, and whatnot. I also really love this 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 track, this uh, this boss battle. I love the piano throughout it. I'm, I'm kind of a sucker yeah. for pianos uh, in battle themes, but I like how it just, it starts off with the piano and it's kind of quiet and you don't really get the beat for a while. And when it does come in, it's pretty, it's a really cool way that the, the beat comes in and then things shift a little bit. Picks up and nicely. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to describe this. It's this, this really tiny little thing that the piano does that I think is so cool. It has a set pattern for the first chunk before the beat comes in, and then once the beat comes in and the the pitch shifts, it flips itself. So it's the it's the opposite pattern. Hmm. And I I don't know how to describe it other than to say that's what it does. But you don't quite notice it at first, but when you do, you're like, wait a second, that's. And it's exactly the opposite. That's cool. That was a really neat thing to do there. Tiny little thing. Um, I never picked up on that, but now that you did, yeah, now you got me kind of thinking about that. That's really cool. I've heard the song a dozen times myself. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of complexity hidden in it. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
I think that's what I like about it is that, you know, Xenosaga, especially the first episode, I find deals a lot with sadness and loss, you know, ideas of sadness and loss. And I think it's really well captured in the very kind of somber beginning. I also like that, um, you know, the chants sound more like a Gregorian chant than just your typical Latin choir, you know, or yeah, somber vocals. It's very Gregorian. It sounds, you know, almost pseudo-religious, which really works for the Xeno series. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pseudo-religious does indeed work for the Xeno series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost a free rocket. <laughs> Mike? What? I don't know. Were you talking about it next? I talked about it first. Did you? A little oh. bit. Can we talk? <laughs> Do we want... I'm giving Mike a segue here. Can we talk about the final boss theme for Fire Emblem Fates? Because, good lord. Yeah. Like... So... Oh my gosh. I mentioned this off air, but uh, I, I forget if I heard this first or if I heard something else, but once, as soon as I heard this track, I was like, I need this soundtrack now. Please give it to me now. No, 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 Don't worry, you'll so, get it in five years. No. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if well, it decides to publish it. If it's like Awakening soundtrack, we'll get it as soon as it comes out in, you know, in the West, because that's what happened, but... Yeah. Anyway, nice. so please, I want it. Yeah, this is one of those tracks that you hear it and it's like you could buy the soundtrack for nothing else but this track and it would be a worthwhile purchase, even if the rest of the soundtrack is horrible. <laughs> because it's I, just I need to say that, that uh, yeah, like a song like this, you need to hear it on a very loud stereo so the song can make mad ear love to you. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of bass notes on that piano. The performance is great. It's just it's super dramatic, and it, it suits a Fire Emblem game. I could see this being part of the cutscenes and part of the battle, and I like that. Part of me hopes that Awakening's success made them say, Give the musicians a giant budget! Go and do this! Because that's what it sounds like happened. Because Awakening has a great soundtrack. This sounds like the musicians just had free reign to do whatever the hell they wanted. And what they wanted to do was make an epic final boss theme. Well, because it still sounds like Fire Emblem. Like, there are a lot of very Fire Emblem passages in this song. It doesn't sound like they got away from Fire Emblem. It just sounds like they were like, alright, we got a budget now. The last game did really well. Waifu Simulator made dollar bills. <laughs> well, or, or, or Husbando Simulator, if you were like me and you married Krom. True. Mm. Because how can I, you not I, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! High five. Um, Mm -hmm. totally um, I only started with the Fire Emblem series with Awakening, like, you know, really played the way through it. So I was really pleasantly surprised with Fire Emblem soundtracks. So, and this is definitely accumulation of that. It sounds beautiful. And there are a lot of little interesting things that it does. There's the way it starts off with those vocalizations, and there's something weird going on with them. Like they're they're not quite in agreement with each other. Yeah. It, it just, then it goes, you have the, these chimes coming in and you have more vocalizations that kind of uh, combine and clash a little bit before the, the beat comes in. And later on you actually have singing and it's it's not, I can't quite make out the lyrics as well as I'd like to, it's a little bit subdued, but... See, see that's the part that I love, is right around 225, the really heavy bass notes on the piano and the singing, the sort of non-distinct vocals are just like oh it's like dun 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 like that's so dramatic i love it yeah so i don't know i just i know 
very little about this game other than what we've, you know, we've been told about paths and whatnot and some of some things, but I couldn't help myself as soon as I heard this. I, like I said, I literally would have it on repeat a lot. Doing, no matter what I was doing, I'd be listening to it. So I, I, I couldn't help it. I had to pick it. Yeah, I, I see the box every day in the store. One of the benefits and curses of living in Japan, because Nintendo decided to reason lock the 3DS, or whatever we <laughs> bought it. And it's got great box art. And like I'm always like, you know, I hated Awakening because I played it on Lunatic Classic. And that's an incorrect way to play that game because that's not skill, that's luck. And how well do you know how to game the, the numbers? And, you know, but I, I keep getting ready to replay Awakening because I think I'll enjoy it. But, like, Fate's just, everything I've seen from it looks awesome. And now we know that it has an awesome final boss song. So. It does. Now, see, I'm wondering if this is the final boss theme in both campaigns, though. Because there's, there's the two or three campaigns, so... An RPG fan preview of an upcoming title. That's kind of fun. I I won't comment for fear of spoilers. I, I know the answer to that question. Well, I'm guessing that you separate off and then come back together for the same final boss, but you don't have to answer that. I won't. But anyways, <laughs> the song was awesome. Good call. Yes. Also Thanks. awesome... Stephanie, we've we talked we've talked about Sakuraba a million times on the show and how like I think in recent years sometimes he gets a little tired of having to do four discs tail soundtracks every year and mm. people sort of think he sounds samey but uh, I Valkyrie aren't we skipping yours we did just skip one. Oh no we skipped yeah one. we skipped Shimomura how could you do that before <laughs> we talk about Sakuraba which is a thing that will come up later <laughs> yeah I tried really hard to pick a song that wasn't one of my Yoko Shimomura favorites and then ended up picking her anyway because secretly her music is the music my my dreams would make the violin should have immediately given it away to me, but that's like gets me every time. I really like that song. She is not the only composer on Luminous Arc Two, but I was, but it's, I really like that song. It's very, I watched the battle because I'm not going to play Luminous Arc Two, because it's a Luminous Arc game and <laughs> I didn't like the first one, but it's, it's not quite the sound she pulled off in Radiant Historia, but I think it, it does remind me of Radiant Historia. I think it's a little different, but uh, it definitely Same era, has kind of building of... off it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I love it. That's See, it's interesting that you mentioned that the string should have given away, because I, I also did not know Shimomura when I listened to it at first, and then I looked up the game and was like, oh, right, that makes sense. Because the the the, not the beat, but like the way the strings are kind of moving the beat along. Bum, ba-dum, ba-dum, Yeah. That's also something that she does, at least from what I've listened of her stuff a lot. So I was like, I should have known that. That does sound like Shimomura. <laughs> I knew it by the first few notes, that kind of like xylophony, wooden xylophone kind of sound. I don't know, she's been using a sound like that since like Mario RPG. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> I still liked it though. I thought it was a really pretty song, for lack of better words. I just thought it was nice. Yeah, the main melody is really great. I love that part. Yeah, the part that got me most is when it gets quiet around like 110 and it's just the violin. And then it comes back in slowly and relayers everything in. And it's got that synth trombone, I guess. It's that. <laughs> <laughs> that part is just. Ugh, I love it. Yeah. She. She's got the keys to my heart, man. Yeah, I feel like... The ladies. 
she's not afraid to do that to have a little bit of quiet in the middle of a, of a fight and I, I I like that a lot I feel like more people could do that because sometimes that is just as impactful as lots of drums and epic yeah, bass yeah. pace is just as important in music as it is in anything else I think like uh, you know we, we listen to darkness of the unknown the final boss theme Kingdom Hearts 2 the very final version of that is not action-packed at all it's very quiet it's, it's sedate yeah it's very, very, very not that there aren't any other composers that do that but i etc etc Shim Moore is the best and i love her and everything she does is great not everything everything yeah everything forget it i take it back but, <laughs> uh, Wait, it's still not the norm though I, I think that's what's nice about not just her stuff but a couple well that pokemon one we played it just it's so i think it's just so tempting for most especially for rpgs when you get to the last boss, like you have to do something big and loud, and it's gotta be one way angel. Yeah, and even if you, even if it's nothing like something else, I don't know. It's just you don't always have to go that direction, good or not. So I, I like when you hear something really different like this. Agreed. Very much. I will probably continue listening to this nonstop as I have, and also now Fire Emblem as well. <laughs> so All right. Anyway, totally. We're gonna talk about Motoi Sakuraba. It's almost like you foreshadowed it earlier. I don't think so. I know! So familiar. But anyways, um, so I like the oxymoron of the title Unrestrained Struggle, which is the final boss theme for Valkyrie Profile 2. It sort of really works nicely as a song for the frantic and bizarre narrative, I think, called, calling it Unrestrained Struggle. I don't know, the game's really weird on a story count. Anyways, I chose this song because I think it's a fun example of what I think a final boss theme would sound like if it was written in, like, the Baroque era of classical music or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the final boss theme for, like, I don't know, the opera or something. Uh, I just think it... Reginald, it, it, take it, the man to the opera this evening and fight him upon the morrow. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I just think the song moves around nicely and very dramatically. And, you know, a lot of Motoi Sakuraba's work for Valkyrie Profile, too, you know, it, it just... Sounds very melodic and very pleasant, and I could just listen to it again and again. It's gentle on the ears, but not without a good sense of drama and melody. And I just think it sounds nice, you know. Again, like to bring up Lost Odyssey, the thing is just crazy. I can't listen to that all the time. Uh, Unrestrained Struggle, I think, is just sounds really good every time I put it on. I wrote down that actually it reminds me a little bit of some of there's like a handful of orchestral battle themes in Star Ocean 3 and Star Ocean 4. It's, you know, yeah. Most Star Ocean games have, you know, the rock guitar, but there are there is some stuff in both 3 and 4 that is more orchestral. And as, now that I think about it, it also reminds me a little bit of Eternal Sonata, which was kind of a departure for Sakuraba in that it had no rock elements, really, or not, at least on the battle music. But, it's great that he does both very well. Yeah, and I feel like... It's, it's easy enough to sort of dismiss the, the Tales rock yeah, I... ballad because he does that a lot and it, it can feel a little stale at times, but it's not the only thing he does. And he does do this sort of more, well, I keep saying orchestral, but this more orchestral style really well. Mm -hmm. I, I also really like how the vocals kind of work in and kind of go with the beat that... <laughs> I'm tone deaf today, but yeah, it, I just think it's cool sounding. <laughs> The vocals work well, they're kind of just, you know, you can't really hear them, but they add a nice kind of background emphasis to what's going on with the music. Mike, you must have something to say about this. Mike That's all I have profile. to say. Well, what? What? Yeah. Wait, what? Ha! I tricked you guys. <laughs> oh, we fell for it, Stephanie. Actually, the sad thing of it all is that I've only played the first game. I haven't played this or 
that other one. What? Yeah. That well, other I, one doesn't matter, but this one is pretty good. Is it? Well, I played this one a little bit. I just never really got far in it. It's hard. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, too many games are piss easy, so I mean, it's great that they challenge you. Before. Oh, at that. Uh, swear jar. <laughs> at this point, I don't know. We need a bigger jar. Yeah, mm. you're, you're, you're funding the show now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you for coming on and funding us. Okay. <laughs> it's almost not... like you're on a, a mission. A suicide mission? <laughs> ah! Oh, she segued! Very Kaylin's nice. Coming up four. Well, first, <laughs> what I just said, suicide mission from Pass Effect 2. I, I had... I was going through my list of what I could pick, and this was always on my short list, and I, it was really never a question of, you know, will I or will I not use this? I have to use this. It's one of the most epic final boss themes in existence. So, enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, then I, I'm... I think, Stephanie, you're up next, right? Yes. Uh, I almost want to keep the title a secret just because it was originally the secret track, uh, but I'm happy to say that I... Do you want to <laughs> keep, keep it a secret? secret? Kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah uh, I will kind of give you a small hint and say it was edited for noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of softened some of the noisy elements. I swear to God, despite saying that, it's a classic. You guys will know it right away. Literally right away. Because, yeah. Because you're all well-versed listeners of game audio because you listen to Rhythm Encounter. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And because it's a, one of the most classic games of all times. Anyway, we also have another another classic, especially musically. I love the one coming up, which is Steven. Nope. No, it's Mike's. It's me. Is it? Oh, sorry. Ah, uh, yeah. Pew. <laughs> 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 That's oh, the man. sound of the swear jar breaking the pieces. So much money for this episode. Uh... All right. Yeah, I picked. Calling from a distance from Breath of Fire, Dragon Quarter, because I've been trying to find a good place to put Dragon Quarter music on the show forever. Good point. And right now there is a movement on the internet to uh, have the Breath of Fire 3 and 4, I believe, released on PSN. Or maybe it's just 4, or whichever one's not released. Really? Uh, so you should go support that movement in addition to listening to this song. Absolutely. And then... Don't say it can't happen, because we got Mega Man Legends recently, and they said that wouldn't happen. That's true. I hope it does. And so our last song... I picked it! So, a long time ago, in a nation far away, or far away from me, not from you, uh, I had no idea what Final Fantasy Mystic Quest was. And I did not play it until far, far after it was uh, past its prime, and I found it to be a fairly whatever game with unbelievably amazing music yes. and before I played it about probably five years before I played it I heard on the wild four days of the internet an album called Preludio that no one had ever heard of and I could never find and I found it on YouTube again and I implore you to go listen to the whole album because it's awesome but the track I picked is the Preludio arrangement of Battle 3 from Final Fantasy Mystic Quest which for those of you heathens out there that have not played it, is the Dark King battle theme, and it is the only song, tragically, that's missing from Curtain Call, from Mystic Quest, oh, yeah. uh, um, among battle themes. But it's awesome, and that is why I picked it. 
So just as an aside to you finding it on YouTube, thank F for YouTube. It does make it easier to find and listen to music that you may have dreamt. Never, yeah. <laughs> I thought I had dreamt this album and nobody had heard of it. And then finally it was like, oh my god, someone has it on YouTube with 10 views. I have that for a movie, but that's a different topic. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I always have a hard time convincing people that they've seen this movie, Star Wars, that I really like. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Anyway, for our final block of the day... We have the suicide mission from Mass Effect 2, a secret song from a secret <laughs> game that is not a secret at all, <laughs> calling from a distance from a game that not enough people appreciated, and Battle 3 from a game that not enough people liked. What a great block. <laughs>
So there's there's so much good, there's so many good things to say about suicide mission. It's kind of hard to know where to start, but I guess I'll start with the beginning because I love that opening, and I I don't even know if it plays at any point in the game because different chunks of the song play at different parts of the suicide mission and during the first part of the boss battle, and I'm not sure if I remember actually hearing this part, but it's a really cool way to open the track. You've got sort of the the basics of what the theme is going to be, but it's a little bit subdued with some cool sense going on. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I always love that beginning. Whatever synth is in there, that's sort of like a, a glass keyboard synth or whatnot. Whatever that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just really pretty. And then things are kicking off and you can, you can tell that the is going to hit the fan pretty soon. And then once the main theme comes in and this is one of my favorite parts about this track is how it works in the main theme of the series. Like, from we heard it in Mass Effect and it gets reused here. It's almost like this is a remix of that main theme used as a boss theme, which is a really, it's a really cool way to link that boss battle and the game into the rest of the series by having that theme appear there and making it sort of prominent. And it really becomes prominent after that really cool interlude in the middle where it just comes back and it's blaring and you're like this is this is epic the track that's what i like to say i love this song very much yes and <laughs> think about it mass effect 2 is one of my favorite rpgs ever and mass effect 3's terrible ending has made me forget about that and i'm a bad person for that because it's so good, and yes, it's an RPG, you're wrong if you don't think it is. I say that because it's true. And that game, like, I know this track doesn't play straight through in the game, but the right parts play at the right times that make, like, it, that game has one of the single most exciting finales in any game ever. Like, it's like Metal Gear 3 levels of, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, awesome. Like, I literally was playing, and when clips of this song would come on, I'd just be like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, just blurting it out as I'm playing because it was so good and the song was just perfect. And then like, right when you get to like the climax of the song, like 315 when that choir comes in, it's like, oh, oh, oh. it's just like, <laughs> I just think about, I'm, I'm Shepard and I'm vanguarding around heroically shooting down collectors and Garrus is backing me up and it's awesome. And then this particular version of the song, the, the album version ends with a, in a very, Terminator style fade out uh, where it uses a much higher pitch uh, instrumentation and it's great. Just great. The only possibly bad thing about this track is that it, at least in my opinion well it ends but in my <laughs> opinion it's a really hard act to follow in terms of you know how do you make an epic sound and not that there isn't epic stuff in the finale of Mass Effect 3 there's some really good emotional but quieter pieces in Mass Effect 3. I still don't feel like there was a track in that game or really necessarily even a an experience with the music that quite matched up to the level of epicness that you get with this track. Part of the reason why Mass Effect 2 is still my favorite out of the trilogy. 
I think I like the finality of Mass Effect 3 a lot, and I actually really like Mass Effect 3's soundtrack, although uh, Jack Wall did not compose on, uh, on I know. Why you lost some of the tone, because 3 is much more, like, military, like, epic, but there's a lot of great music in that. Clint Mansell, uh, his theme music is fantastic for 3, but I, I, I think other than, like, an end once and for all and the main theme of 3, which I really like, I can agree with that. Like, there's no finale tune that's this hard-hitting. Plus, 2 is a more consistent game, I think. Yes, I would agree with that. You know, that. 2's ending is exciting and fantastic, and Empire Strikes Back, Z, And 3's <laughs> ending is terrible and awful and Troll 2's -y. Troll 2's a really bad movie. <laughs> okay, I was wondering where you are going with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Everyone will get that reference. <laughs> Internet troll? I don't it's get it, but... Seeing her. And then he's gonna eat me! Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, I don't really have much to add. I think you guys really nailed it. Uh, you know, it really helps the atmosphere of the game. It is that epic track. It's that signature track in the game, and it just works. Speaking it's of tracks, it work. What would happen if you took the DNA of every living species on the planet, collected it, and then lived in the core of that planet to charge up energy? I think you get yourself bitch slapped at some point. Did I? At this point, I think the audience knows what your pick was, Stephanie, but perhaps you could elucidate further for those heathens that don't recognize it. Yes, okay, so I picked the very final moment of Chrono Trigger, the Lavos core, the sort of weird alien parasite version of him on the inside with the weird, uh, whatever, stupid side enemies and the cool effects. Anyways, this song is really, really, really simple, <laughs> and um, I don't know, I just, for the amount of, like, you know, the big shtick about, you know, Chrono Trigger, you're going across different epochs, across time, across space, and Lavos is just this kind of proper anomaly of the entire game. He's not some guy wearing black, you know, who wants to, you know, take over the world or anything. He's just kind no, of strange. No, your party earlier end. in the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is <laughs> You know, so, you know, I always figured uh, that the Undersea Palace track was a good precedence for this kind of song. You know, it's got that kind of techno vibe. <laughs> exactly like that, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's simple, but I like how it works in, you know, the absolutely frightening and very signature Lavos, you know, screech in there. It's a bit of a simple choice, but I, I don't know, I still think it deserves being mentioned. It's a bit different for uh, Mitsuda, too. It, you know, it's much more techy. Yeah, and... I think Mitsuda can be hit or miss on final boss themes sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, like sometimes he decides that air and noise is a good final boss theme. <laughs> uh, whereas this, on the other hand, is it's very. I think it, it caps off Chrono Trigger well because like that, you're, it's like you finally discover the true form of Labos. He's not a giant. Yeah, how else would you really end it? I feel there's no really other song that can really suit it as well. You can't put a you know orchestrated bit in there; it just wouldn't work. Yeah, it's very like. It, it's it's a good combination of the different aesthetics of the game. Yeah, Lavos is just too different, too weird to give like the kind of classic Chrono Trigger sound to it. So I'm glad it kind of stands out in a weird way. Most deaf. And me, I'm I have to admit it, but I'm always a sucker for the what do you call that when the sound is like moving around? Oh yeah, when it goes from left ear to right ear, yeah, sound move. Yeah, I think that really plays into the kind of weirdness of that thing and 
Well, the fight. Well, it kind of sounds like you're fighting. shifting through time in that sense, you know, like the the sound is kind of shifting, and so is the space that you're kind of fighting in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, should I guess it kind of works. Second. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I really want to play a bunch of games right after we log off right now. <laughs> I'm gonna go play Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Welcome to Rhythm Encounter. It's a frequent problem we encounter. Oh, did I just say encounter twice? Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. It, it said is it three times. Get it. <laughs> Calling from a distance. Interesting choice, Mike. Why did you pick it? Great choice. Because it's a good song. See, that's the problem. It's so late now. I don't have anything good anymore. <laughs> I just really, I just really like. Why did I pick this one? I like Dragon Quarter music, but I, I it is really, really good. I really dig the organ. It's a really cool departure from Sakamoto to go to. Well, like both. I mean, Sakamoto to go to, you know, this kind of futuristic, tacky, you know, medieval version of a series. It's yeah, weird. It's very, it like, worked. Dragon Quarter is very weird, and I like that about it. And it's mm -hmm. a very different soundtrack to really fit it. And this is almost, like, not even melodic at all. It's basically yeah. just like a scary organ and, like, spooky vocals. Um, but it fits, That's what I like about organ, though. Yeah, is that like organs like this holy instrument used for like churches and stuff, and it's also this really evil sounding instrument when you play it right. Yeah, it's you know, Phantom of the Opera plays it, and so does <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> Dracula? Yeah, Dracula loves the organs. Okay, I don't know. Mostly the heart, though. My only comment is interesting, and I think I already <laughs> said that. So. <laughs> That is how I feel about Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter's soundtrack. It is very interesting. Uh, it's probably not a soundtrack that I could regularly listen to. I think I've said this before. If I just need, like, easy listening, it's the kind of music that more demands your attention, which is how I feel about a lot of Sakimoto's pieces, is that they're, they tend to be less like, here's a, a melody that you can remember very distinctly, with the exception of, like, trisection. But they're more pieces of music that have movement to them that you have to focus on. Well, it's definitely interesting to have final boss theme. I mean, not that having organs and boss names is like new, uh, you know, this, this unique thing, but to just have it be essentially nothing but an organ and some, and choirs, a very interesting take on it. You know, no, no drums, no percussion, no, yeah. you know, no, nothing more than just organ and choir, and that was kind of a cool thing to hear. It really uh, works for the, uh... Sorry, go. Well, I didn't realize it was Sakimoto until I saw the, the you know, put it up on my, my media player, and I was like, wow, because he doesn't tend to use organ that much in a lot of his music that I've heard, so it's kind of like an interesting choice for him. For a guy who's usually typecasted for more medieval work, I think it was uh, really cool that he took that one on. Yeah. But, like, one thing I like, too, is, you know, in the context of Dragon Quarter, you know, that game is basically counting, you know, down or up to, like, you know, your your life, your end of your life, right? So I think it's a great song to kind of finish off, like, a final boss. You're almost, you know, your, your guy isn't doing too well, and, I don't know, it just really works out. Sakimoto also did the soundtrack for um, Ikaruga, which oh, is also a fair departure. But, yeah, I think he does that sort yeah. of tone quite well. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm sure he'll be on Vanillaware's upcoming sci-fi game because Base Escape is usually on that on Vanillaware's games. So, but yeah, very interesting song. Also interesting is Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, which has awesome music by Yuji Sasai, and it's just 
hardcore rockin' jammin' awesome. And I think I mentioned uh, before we introduced the track that it was the final boss theme. It's also mixed with Battle 1 a little bit, uh, the main battle theme. But I just... it's This song does so well in this style. Like, when you get to the, the main bridge where it's like... Like, it just... It has this really great sort of back-and-forth rhythm to it that just really gets you into it, makes you want to dance. Or fight a Dark King. As a I have to say... The keyboards, like the way it starts with the keyboards like that, it gives me kind of an 80s vibe. Very much like, so. I don't know, yeah, because that sounds like what you would expect, that kind of, you know, synthy keyboard sound. Well, that was, not... that was sort of the prolific sound when Mystic Quest was made, and, you know, Preludio is a Dojin album that is very much like, you know, sort of people who probably grew up with that kind of music doing arrangements so you know it's i think that that is probably both by design and a consequence of the people and the time from which it came i love the the sax that comes in near the end of the track and i honestly wish it lasted longer because that sax is pretty rocking yeah oh i love a good sax yeah um <laughs> oh. <laughs> no that was that was all i was gonna go to my, my point but mind. i wanted to agree <laughs> oh my god i didn't even think of that you guys are bad yeah. Sacks on the beach. <laughs> I would drink one of those right now, but that's probably because I would drink anything right now. Because I'm hungry. We are teaching people all new euphemisms here. Mm. Euphemism. <laughs> uh, Mr. Quest did not get much right. It definitely got the music right. <laughs> and yeah, I totally agree. This is a great final track to end it with. For Shizzle. It's so funny. I'm trying not to say anything because we talked about this game last episode, but. I don't want to repeat myself. I just think it's so funny that like, this weird little... I think, Stephen, would you call it? My first RPG? Has yeah. Su has such great That's battle music. <laughs> My first RPG? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's the sort of case where a lot of games where they're like spin-offs or sort of low impact. Like, you know, look at Final Fantasy Type-0. Uh, Ishimoto got to do that one, and it's a really interesting soundtrack. And part of it is because it was a PSP spin-off that was sort of low risk for Square Enix. And so in this case, Mystic Quest was like, yeah, well, we're making this little mini Final Fantasy USA, and it's going to be you know, baby's first RPG. So yeah, sure, do whatever the hell you want. And then it was amazing. Although Sasai's style is pretty consistent. He did uh, Treasure of the Rudras as well, I believe. And also, uh, I think Bahamut Lagoon? No. No. I can't remember. But, uh, different. But awesomeness. Yeah. We did it! We did it. We got through final boss battle <laughs> themes. Oh my god. The, our our three-episode block that we started at this point almost half a year ago <laughs> is wrapping up. We we actually, uh, I've it was recently brought to my attention that we got to start planning for music of the year. It's going to take a different form this year because, A, I don't have 4,000 hours to edit 4,000 hours of podcast, and I don't want Mike to do that. We're still going to do music of the year podcast, rest assured, but we're probably not going to do the week-long feature together with it. We might do, you know, like split it off so that way no one goes insane. But we're going to be talking about that. So as listeners, we would like for you to send tracks you'd like to hear music of the year or your favorite stuff from the year, suggestions for how you would like music of the year to go, if you have any good ideas or things like of that nature. Also, do that more generally. Send us your you know stuff you want to hear, topics, ideas, 
hit us up on, on social Twitter. media. I will listen. Yes, you could message RPG fan, or you could message Stephanie directly on Twitter, right? Or no, or I don't know. You 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 introduce how you would like to be communicated with the three of yous. Oh God, I'll figure it out. <laughs> you can get me on Twitter, SJM Talis. You can email me, Stephen M at RPGFan.com. You could listen to our podcast, which you should totally we'll, do. We'll make like a thing. Maybe we'll make a header on the site and get all sorts of like contact us this way kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. I forgot that we have a website that we can use. Yeah, and <laughs> social media. So maybe we could social media like, what do you want to hear of the year? What was your favorite? Yada, yada, yada. But we're, we're definitely doing it. So that's the point. And please do. We, we don't say this terribly often anymore, but do rate us on iTunes. I think we said it last time and the time before. Do rate us on iTunes. It keeps us up on the ratings and gets more listeners, etc., etc. Write reviews. Feel free to come onto the message boards and chat if you want to talk about music. A lot of people have joined the RPG fan forums to do that, and we'd love to Retta. talk about music. Uh, yeah, I gotta give a shout out to Retta, who's just uh, kicking ass on that. Yeah, Retta, Retta has always kept in good touch with us and is like a Falcom expert, so. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah. thanks to everybody for listening to us. <laughs> we're all very tired and hungry now <laughs> we are tired and hungry, but we're, we're going to stick through to the finale because we picked a great song we did it a little differently this time we didn't do a guest choice even though we have a guest Close enough. but we picked and I, I think I think I'm not going to say what we picked but I encourage you to listen to the whole thing obviously we went out with the most important final boss song of all time that is totally better than all the other ones and it's perfect and you should just listen to it and it's it's just if you if you don't like this song i mean it's probably a mistake on your part but i encourage you to listen to the entire song even if you're getting ready to shut off the podcast i think you should listen to the whole song what do, how, how do you guys feel about that Woo! sounds good to me awesome bye everybody it was fun hope to see you on the forums and all that and in the message and the facebook and the twitter and all that in- bye so yeah for mike caitlin stephanie and myself thanks to everybody for listening and taking us out is the greatest final boss song of all time listen to all of it bye bye bye
so long. Farewell. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Good night. Adieu. Adieu to you and you and you.